And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace on men on whom his favour rests. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. So we've looked at the the candle of love. Uh, This is God uh, expressing his love to the world. For God so loved the world, he sent his son. And here it is. This is the moment in history that's happening. It feels like the earth is turning on its axis. It changed everything. Jesus' name is still the name that's used above all other names uh, in the world, even today, some 2,000 years uh, later. It's still a name that we celebrate at Christmas time. Now, we do, obviously, but actually a lot of the world does, which is why it's important you invite them to our services. Not because we just want it packed, although we do, but because we want them to hear the message. We want them to hear the message. You know, the world can be a dark place and we have this message of light and of love. The baby in the manger didn't stay in the manger. He was born for a purpose and he had a mission, which we'll look at later on. And none of you were born by mistake. You were all born for a purpose, which is amazing, isn't it? Any birth is a miracle. I mean, if you've had kids, there you go. If you have kids, um, you look at it and you think it's just a miracle. You know, life is a miracle. I look at creation. In fact, the Bible tells us to look at creation as evidence for the glory of God, that there's a creator. This is not just an accident. You look at the stars in the sky, you think, really, they just kind of got got there one day? Who did it? There's a creator, there's a God that we worship. And I want to say this morning, just when I was preparing this, that I wanted to uh, emphasize, I felt God saying, you need to let them know they were created for a purpose. None of you, whatever your circumstances were, were an accident in God's sense of the world. And that means that your life has meaning and purpose and love and relationship. You personally are a miracle. If we believe life is a miracle, life doesn't just happen. Scientists, with all their expertise, are much more intelligent than me, cannot create life out of nothing. They need life to start with. So someone created life out of nothing. You go to the Genesis account and the creation story, and God breathed life into man. The word is ruach. Literally, God breathed. God gives life. And it's that same spirit of God that gives life to our churches, uh, restores, uh, revives, and gives life to us as well. God created you. You are a miracle. God created you personally as you are. And he created you for a purpose, for relationship, for love, for life. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16 For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Isn't that just amazing? You were created, you weren't an accident. However your birth happened, God intended it. So he intended you to be born as a baby, 
Now, obviously, we're different uh, to Christ, but you are planned. You are created. There's a purpose for your life. There's an identity for you in Christ. And it means life is worth living because you weren't an accident. You're not supposed to just drift through life. John Lennon wrote those uh, words, didn't he? Um, I haven't got this in my notes, so I've got to remember it now. It just came to me. Where life is what what happens as the world turns around you or something like that. He's kind of saying, look, before you know it, you're going to get to old age. It's just happened. You've missed it. You're not living in the presence. You're not living in God's presence. I don't think he was, probably he wasn't saying that, but that's what I'm saying uh, from the song. You know, life can pass us by, but you you were born for a purpose. You were born for a relationship. You were born to change the world. And Christians have done that over the ages. They've changed laws. They've not given in. I love what Roger said at the beginning. And I'm going to probably now, it's another song I've got to remember. I've messed up the John Lennon one. Uh, But um, uh, you can't fit in when you were born to be different. Why is it the church always seems to want to try and fit in? That's what struck me. When they were told to be distinct, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And we've got messages coming from the world. We say, well, maybe we should bend our ways. Maybe we should twist the Bible to fit in with what society is saying. Well, how are we supposed to fit in when we're born to be different? When we've got the word of God. Who do we trust? The world or God? We trust God. Because he made us. You created me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then what I love is that all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God has a plan and a purpose. And life is for living. The birth when you're born and the birth of Christ wasn't the end. It was the beginning. It was the beginning of everything changing. So every birth, your birth included, is a miracle. But this birth that we're talking about this morning was special. Jesus was born for a purpose. Not just a nice nativity Christmas story. In fact, it wasn't that nice for Mary and Joseph and Jesus himself. It's a bit messy in all accounts. Lots of uncertainty, but a life of faith. So, so much was this birth special. The name joy in the passage we've just read brings the shepherds good news. So we've got good news. So let's look at, have a quick look at it and see what we can find out. We've got a message. This message here, which we're going to speak about at Christmas time, when this place is full up and the other uh, uh, congregations are full up as well. Because it's a time that if you invite people, they will come. They will come, generally. But you've got to invite them. Otherwise they feel uninvited. Not welcome. Invite them. I don't, I don't know how they got it. It must be Sunnymead. Uh, it must have done some um, door-to-door stuff and put the, our Christmas invitation through letterboxes. But I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I play golf from time to time. And um, there's a big WhatsApp chat, right? So I know that Chelmsford Golf Course is shut at the moment because there's 20 people on there moaning about it, uh, this first thing. And, um, but one of them put on there, hey, Smithy, they call me the Rev. Um, See, so you've got your face in all our letterboxes. And he, he then put on the WhatsApp chat with our invitation. And, it's got, and when you open it, it's got the message we wrote and everything. I thought, great, it's gone to all the golf club. Happy days. <laughs> So they'll definitely call me the Rev now and probably blame me for the weather. They normally do. <laughs> but we've got to invite people. So I put on there, well, why don't you all come then? And we found, Andrew and I, as we invite people, non-Christians, they come. We've got 10 people coming this year. We kind of had to tone down the invite because we've got to, got to look after them or make sure um, you know, they're all looked after. But, but if you invite people, they'll come. And we have this message, don't we? We have this message to an uncertain world. Um, the Bible says that the people have been walking in darkness, but they've seen a great light. 
And the church has a chance to show that light. So first thing I want to say, in this passage, we find the holiness of God, doesn't, don't, don't we? As the angel appears, verse 9, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I mean, that's a strong word, terrified, isn't it? The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they're terrified. So it must have been quite a, a significant thing that happened. It wasn't just, let's pretend there's God's, God's here. The, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they're terrified. Anyone ever done abseiling? Yep. I've done it. I've done it. Some people are not sure. I kind of put their hands up and down and not really sure. Um, I remember when I was at school, we went onto a field trip. I mean, now the health and safety would be a nightmare. But we, we did rock climbing in the Peak District and we did, did a few 40-footers and I was all right. And then there's this 100-foot abseil. Now, in, in those days, I mean, now you'd have a proper, you go to Stubbers or St. It's qualified people or centre parts, wherever it is. But then it was, get your mate, right, who's my age. My one was Ian Simpkins, Simo. And you had to trust each other. I mean, you'd never do it now, would you? You went to, you had to climb to the top, and then you put the thing around the rock, and then he would ease you down. I mean, can you imagine that now? You know, so it's about ten, and the teachers are kind of going, yeah, that looks good, off you go. Anyway, to say I was terrified would be an understatement, because there's a moment, I don't know if you've ever done abstain, I'm not going to try it, I should have had someone with a rope. But if you go over the edge, you're not supposed to go until your legs are at right angles. So imagine that's a hundred foot drop. You had to kind of get to here, I can't do it, but you'd lean all the way back before. And because Simo was sitting on the thing here, means the rope angle was quite thin. If it's here, you kind of, you've got it. So you don't know until you're out over 100 foot whether you're going to go or not. I was terrified. Thankfully, when I went, he had me, and I did the same for him. I thought, if he lets, if he lets me live, I'll let him live. If he doesn't, <laughs> if he doesn't, it doesn't matter, because I went first, and he's going to be okay. So often I get down. When I got to the bottom, I realised, actually, my legs had gone to jelly. And I was shaking. And I'd been terrified. I don't like heights, but I like to overcome things. So I can only imagine what those shepherds felt, that the glory of the Lord shone around so fiercely, so brightly, they were terrified. They were terrified. I wonder why. The glory of the Lord shining around them. Was it the holiness of God or the presence of God? And we need to remember that this Christmas, don't we? That God is holy. God is holy. He isn't to be mocked. The world mocks him. He's not to be mocked in church. Without this birth that we celebrate, we wouldn't even be able to approach him. There's no room for flippancy. So for me, when I come to worship, I'm sure for you as well, I want to prepare myself. I'm coming to worship God that these shepherds were terrified of because the glory of the Lord shone around. They were terrified. I don't want to just come in sort of hands in, but oh, what song we got then? Oh, that one, don't like that one. Uh, you know, not, I liked all of them. Just, that's, that's just me speaking out loud. Um, but we need to prepare ourselves. When we're, when we're preparing here, I get prayed for, for the preaching. We pray for the worship uh, leader and the band because it's important. We want to bring ourselves in an atmosphere of worship, a sense of God's holiness. And for you, as you come to a service, that atmosphere of the awesomeness of God. Charlotte would like that, wouldn't she? Just thought that awesomeness of God. He's awesome ready to worship, to hear him speak through his word, ready to be sent, ha- sent out into the world. If we really understand his presence is with us, there'd probably be a little bit of fear in us. I'm not saying we should be terrified, but are we too flippant? Are we too flippant? I just want to leave that question out there. He is awesome. But I don't think we should be terrified. God doesn't want us to be terrified. That's too much. But maybe there's a compromise, a meeting in the middle, grasping and realising the holiness and the majesty of God. When we come to a service, we're worshipping him. Hearing, hear, even with me preaching, 
It's not, it, it, his voice gets heard through the preaching of his word. It's the Spirit of God that makes the Word of God come alive. But why shouldn't we be terrified? Because they were, so why shouldn't we? That's my second point. Because we've got good news. The good news of Christ. This is the birth that we're celebrating. Verse 10, the first words of the angel, you know, they're terrified. The glory of God is all around them. This is unbelievable. First word, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I read somewhere, there's 365 don't be afraid in the Bible. I've not checked it, but apparently that's true. One for each day of the year. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Shouldn't be afraid of good news, should we? The first words, do not be afraid. So I've got the holiness of God, the majesty of God, the glory of God, the creator that we see everywhere. Should we approach him terrified because he's, he's massive? Should we be afraid? No. But we do approach him with respect, honour, love, service. But why not afraid? like they were. If he's so holy, so awesome, so much that the shepherds were terrified, what does that mean for us? What does it mean for the world who is lost without him? The Bible tells them that they're sheep. They're like sheep that have gone astray, wandering, lost, not sure of any sense of direction. Who will save them? Because their good news is found in verse 11. Just see it there. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Christ, the Lord. Two words there, the Christ. That's, that's two words. I mean Christ is one word. Christ or Messiah. This is the one that all the prophecies had been talking about. This is the one. So this is the one that we follow now. But the second thing is said, he is the Lord. And we have to say we want to follow him, but is he always our Lord? We know he is, but sometimes we like to go down our own routes. Maybe we are trying to fit in with the world too much. Maybe I do want to do things my way. Or is Jesus really Lord of my life? And is he your Lord of your life this morning? Have you truly given yourself over to him? Next year we're starting a theme on discipleship. And you could have argued, we have argued in the office, that everything we do is discipleship. We're learning. Disciple is one who learns. Um, we're, we're doing that all the time. But a really significant look about the people that we are. We looked loads at character uh, in the past. But I have to ask myself, and you have to ask yourself, verse 11, where it says, he is the Lord, is he? Is he the Lord? Or can I take him or lead him? Can I sort of turn up and be a bit uh, flippant about whose presence I'm coming into? I don't want to be like the shepherds, terrified. But equally, I don't want to be like the Pharisees, which is false and ritual. I need to come and recognise the presence of God. He's all around us. The Spirit is here. He lives within you and he's within this church. And we, we have good news to tell the world. Verse 11, he is the Lord. Every day, any situation, do I make him my Lord? Or do I kind of consistently ask for his forgiveness at the end of the day? Which I do, and we can do that. But is he Lord in any given situation? Am I more interested in me than him? And the only response really, the third and final point, is we have to live our lives recognising that the baby in in the manger was born for a purpose. We have to worship him. And that's what verses 13 and 14 tell us. The heavenly hosts appear. The angels said, don't be afraid to the shepherds. But there's an awesomeness of God there. The heavenly hosts appear, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to all on whom his favour rests. They're saying, don't be afraid because there's good news of a saviour. Now, if you know me, 
you'll know that I'm not good at DIY. In fact, DIY in our house means me selling someone do-it-yourself because I can't do it. I'm pretty rubbish. We have people help us. And I wish I was like my dad, who seems to be brilliant, all that sort of stuff, uh, but I'm not. So if the lights go, I mean, I can do a bulb. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them, not those fiddly ones that you have to have stuff to get out of. You know, if we need something gone with electrics, we call an electrician. You know, come in. I don't trust myself. I, you know, I'd come in, my hair would be up here because I've electrocuted myself. So if the lights go, we call an electrician. If the tap starts leaking, we call the plumber. You know, my dad always says, it's probably only the washer. I say to him, what's a washer? I don't know. I've got no idea. I do know what a washer is, but I'm not going to attempt it because I don't even know where our stopcock is. It's ridiculous, right? Or if I need educating, where do I go to? I go to a teacher. But I'm a sinner and I need a saviour. I am a sinner and I need a saviour. And the angel says, do not be afraid as there's good news of a saviour. The baby was born for a purpose and that good news is for sharing this Christmas time. 33 years later, roughly, this child that was born that we celebrate at Christmas spoke his last words, as was recorded by Matthew. He said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. What a great promise. And so we want these baptismal services. We want people baptised because it's what Jesus told us to do. And if you're sitting here and not being baptised... I have to ask you, is Jesus Lord? Because he says, get baptised. Is he Lord of your life? If he is, you come and get baptised. All the church does is respond from your profession of faith to God. It's between you and God. And that's why we have our baptismal services. And the next one is on the 7th of January. We want to do all these things. This is our mission statement. I I can rewrite it. I can put nice words in. But that's it. Make disciples of all nations, everybody. That is, he said, doesn't make converts. Disciples, people who are going to do what he says, people who are learning, baptise them. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that's what we do. Teach them, hopefully we do that, okay, to obey everything I've commanded you. And then a fantastic promise. He wasn't just there at the birth, and surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. Fantastic. This is why it's good news. We're not left as orphans. God is with you. Emmanuel is with you. And life's not always easy, and sometimes it's really tough, but God is with you, and your eternity is assured. Why the Great Commission? That's what that's called. It's called the Great Commission. He commissions his followers. When you read that, you'll see some, it said some didn't believe. We can't, we, can't, we can't make people believe. We can only point to the one who can enter their hearts. We have the Great Commission because good news is for sharing. We've started with the angels as evangelists to those shepherds, telling them the good news. Massive, huge news. They were so moved, uh, they were terrified, but eventually they went and saw for themselves. And we finish with, the, with which we're sure we'll sing at some point at Christmas, the Away in the Manger baby, who's now an adult and proved he was and is God, giving the Great Commission to his people, encouraging us to be the witnesses for him in our own way. Go and read that Great Commission statement at the end of Matthew's Gospel. Ponder over it this week because they had to hear the good news and there's lots of people out there that need the good news. And while you're there, go and have a look at the Great Commandments as well, which can be summed up pretty good. Love God, love others. And it's pretty simple. They're the two goalposts that we should operate within. Love God, love others. And then commit and say, well, Jesus is Lord and that's what I'm going to do this Christmas time. And Rick Warren said, a great commitment to the great commandments and the great commission will build a great church. If we really commit to that, if Jesus is Lord, 
the baby that grew, showed us the way, points to heaven, points to God the Father, sends us his spirit. And we commit to love God, not terrified of him, but putting him in his rightful place of holiness, of living our lives for him, to say Jesus is truly Lord. And if he is, I'm going to love others, even my enemies, even those that do wrong about me. I'm going to love them as well. And then I'm going to take the great commission and go out and tell the world of his message. And a great commitment to the great commandments and the great commission will build a great church. We have Alpha sign-up sheet at the back. Uh, Maybe commit this morning. Put your name on it and pray that you will bring somebody. Be the evangelists, or at least invite them and say, come and see. We've got services coming up at Christmas. We've done these lovely colour invites. Uh, Dave helped us on that. We wrote a nice message, hopefully. It's going through some people's letterboxes. It's on the internet. There's loads of copies. Don't just, don't just put them through a letterbox. Knock to a neighbour and invite them. I think you'll be staggered. If you, if you pray before, you'll be staggered at how many people will take that offer up. But invite them. Don't be embarrassed. Say, we've got a Christmas service. It's really good. Come along. There's the invite. And pray about everything, because we have to commit together. Jesus, I said this the other week, but I liked it so much, I'm going to repeat it again, in case some of you weren't here. Jesus was born in a borrowed manger. He preached from a borrowed boat. He entered Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. He ate the Last Supper in a borrowed upper room, and he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And there he says, I want to borrow your life. It's mine anyway, but I'm going to borrow it and ask you to give it back to me, and I want you to reach the rest of the world because you're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. If we don't speak, especially at Christmas time, then God appears dumb and silent, and that's down to the church, because he's alive and active, and the good news is for sharing. He was born for a purpose. Amen? Amen. Good. If Ian was here, we'd get a hallelujah, but he's not, so he probably won't. Uh, I'm going to pray for us and then hand back uh, to Roger. Lord, we thank you for these great messages that we have at Christmas time. Great accounts of what happened, the enormity of everything. And while we're not to be terrified of you, Lord, I pray we do grasp afresh your holiness. And that actually the reason Jesus came is because we couldn't approach you, because you were so holy. And it's only through him that we can approach you with confidence. We thank you that you send your spirit to us, to live within us, to change us, to do good, to be your salt and light in the world. I pray this Christmas time we'll do that as we commit to things like Alpha or the invite to Christmas service. I pray we'd be bold. I pray that your people here would pray for the opportunities and then be amazed at what you do. I pray for your presence to go with us, Lord, in the various places we go to after the service as the people who are sent. And we thank you that you promise to be with us to the very ends of the age. In Jesus' name, amen.